Today we are continuing in our series, uh, Next is Now, which is a study of the book of Joshua. As I just mentioned last week, Pastor Todd took you through the uh, story of how God supernaturally caused the walls of Jericho to collapse so Israel can gain their first victory in the promised land. Again, he used this, uh, this account in chapter 6 to show you how to get your breakthrough. So I just think it's appropriate how we're still singing, singing through it, praying through it, and just believing God. Just as God supernaturally gave the Israelites a breakthrough right when they entered the land of Canaan. So I want to read a couple of verses back in chapter 6 to set up where we're going to be at today in chapter 7. Before Israel captured Jericho, the Lord gave them some instructions of what to do once they captured the city. Look at Joshua 6, 18 and 19. It says, do not take any of the things set apart for destruction or you yourselves will be completely destroyed and you will be, you will bring trouble on the camp of Israel. Everything made from silver, gold, bronze or iron is sacred to the Lord and must be brought into his treasury. Since Jericho's, Jericho was, was Israel's first victory in Canaan. See, the first fruit of the spoils belong to the Lord. And that's still a biblical principle today. We see it in Proverbs. We see it all through that. The Lord says, bring your first fruit to the Lord, right? Just like the tithe. Just like the first day of the week. Just like we pray and fast in January. Because uh, we're like we're, we're given the first part of our year. Just like I encourage you to spend the first part of your day with the Lord. That was the principle here. Was that this was their first victory. So everything that he, he said, silver, gold, bronze, was to be set apart. Given the first fruits to the Lord. That's what he instructed them to do. Now let's jump into chapter 7. Joshua chapter 7, beginning in verse 1. It says this though. Regarding the scripture I just read in, in chapter 6. But Israel violated the instructions about the things set apart for the Lord. A man named Achan had stolen some of these dedicated things, so the Lord was very angry with the Israelites. Drop down to verse 2. Joshua sent some of his men from Jericho to spy out the town of Ai, east of Bethel, near beth Aven. When they returned, they told Joshua, there's no need for all of us to go up there. It won't take more than two or 3,000 men to attack Ai. It was a smaller city. So I said, man, if we just conquered uh, Jericho, a big city, this little city, Ai, man, it won't be nothing. Just send a few thousand people. We got this. Since there were so few of them, don't make all of our people struggle to go up there. So approximately 3,000 warriors were sent, but they were soundly defeated. The men of Ai chased the Israelites from the town gate as far as the quarries, and they killed about 36 who were retreating down the slope. The Israelites were paralyzed with fear at this turn of events, and their courage melted away. Joshua and the elders of Israel tore their clothing in, dis in dismay, threw dust on their heads, and bowed face down to the ground before the ark of the Lord until evening. They're crying out to God because of the defeat. Then Joshua cried out, Oh, sovereign Lord, why did you bring us across the Jordan River if you're just going to let the Amorites kill us? If only we had been content to stay on the other side, Lord. What can I say now that Israel has fled from his enemies? For the Canaanites and all the other people living in the land hear about it. They will surround us and wipe our name off the face of the earth. And what will happen to the honor of your great name? Now look at this. But the Lord said to Joshua, get up. Why are you lying on your face? Israel has sinned and broken my covenant. They have stolen some of the things that I have commanded must be set apart for me. And they have not only stolen them, but they lied about it and hidden, look at this word, hidden the things among their own belongings. That is why the Israelites are running from their enemies in defeat. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word. We pray, Lord, that you would continue to reveal the secrets of heaven, but also the things 
that are hidden in our lives that you want to expose, Lord God. I just ask that you would speak to me and through me, Lord God, with authority and boldness to speak the truth in love and grace, and Lord, that we would all receive this word and apply it to our lives so we could and can defeat our enemies, have greater breakthrough, and inherit the land spiritually and physically speaking that you have for us in the future. Holy Spirit, have your way. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. See, Achan heard his commander give the order that all the spoils in Jericho were to be devoted to the Lord. But Achan disobeyed and he took the hazardous step to, that led to sin, defeat, and death. See, what the Lord said to Joshua helps us see Achan's sin and sin in general from a divine point of view. See, not only was it sin, but the Bible also calls it transgression. See, Joshua, look at Joshua 7.11. I like the Amplified. It explains and breaks down the original language more and some a lot of times. Israel has sinned. They have also transgressed my covenant, which I commanded them to keep. You see, a lot of you may know, some of you may, know, may not know, the word sin actually means to miss the mark. It's an archery term. It means to miss the mark. So the Lord said, hey, you need to do this. They directly disobeyed. They didn't, and they sinned. But the Bible also says they transgressed. The word in the original language, transgress, means to cross over. So God drew a line, and they crossed over it. So for those of us parents, that's, that's, the, that's the, the basic and best parenting principle. It's called boundaries and consequences, right? You draw a line and say, hey, don't do this. And if you do this, this is what's going to happen, right, parents? So that's what God, God established that, by the way, in Genesis. He said you can eat of all the fruit except this one fruit, and if you do, this will happen. He told Adam and Eve. So that's what a transgression means. It means transgress means to cross the line, and that's what Achan did. See, Achan's sin caused defeat, humiliation, and the loss of lives. So for us today, what does this mean? If we keep sin hitting in our lives, these things and many others will endanger us and the lives of those around us. Do you see that? Achan sinned, and it endangered people all around him, his own family, the Israelite army, and, and, and a lot of other things. So that's why I titled this message, The Dangers of Hidden Sin. The dangers of hidden sin. Now, I set this up a little bit two weeks ago and told y'all we'd be diving in here, right? Amen? You see, Achan sinned, but those closest to him were affected as well. You know, church, you could see it today. This still happens today. When someone has habitual sin or maybe even let's, let's focus on hidden sin in their lives, not only does it affect them, but we could see it affect others. That's where you see divorce. People have, have done things that cause them to lose their children or even to, to lose their help or the, the physical and emotional well-being of others. It may be a, a job loss or career loss, which affects your whole household. Could be a ministry position, a whole church. Health issues might, may even personally be uh, due to addictions and even loss of life and, of course, many, many others. Look at this verse I'm about to read in Genesis. I want to set up. God is speaking to Cain after Cain, again, didn't bring his first fruits to the Lord. And right before Cain killed his brother Abel. A lot of you are probably familiar. I've heard about Cain and Abel. Look at, look at Genesis 4, 7. It says this. This is the Lord speaking. If you do well, believing me and doing what is acceptable and pleasing to me, will you not be accepted? And if you do not do well, but ignore my instruction, what is what they did, Sin crouches at your door. It desi its desire is for you to overpower you, but you must master it. Look at what the CEV says. Sin wants to destroy you, but don't let it. Church, how many of y'all know that, this, that sin still wants to destroy us today? 
Jesus said the thief comes to kill, steal, and destroy. He entices us away, no matter how long we've been Christians, to sin and to destroy us and those around us. We see the destruction sin caused the Israelite army and Achan and his family. So you see, we're talking about getting a breakthrough. We're talking about getting victory over our enemies or their enemies. So let me encourage you, and I didn't even know we would be singing that song or anything. Some of your breakthrough might have to do with what I'm talking about today. If you apply what I'm telling you today, some of you will be on the threshold or maybe even get the breakthrough today if you apply what I'm telling you. So you may have experienced the destruction of sin in your own life personally or in the lives of people around you. So today, I want to give you four methods to master sin. He says sin crouches at the door. It wants to destroy you, overpower you, but you must master it. Does master it mean you're going to be perfect? No, it's not saying that, but we can be victorious over sin, I believe. Because if you look all through the New Testament, Paul explains it thoroughly throughout the epistles. We can uh, be victorious over sin. And, and listen, when I, as I get into this, you know, we all make mistakes. We all sin. I'm talking about a, a habitual, willful sin. Like God told you to do this, and you did that. The Bible says do this or don't do that, and we willingly and habitually do it. That's what I'm talking about today. Y'all tracking with me? All right. So we must apply these things to our lives so it doesn't destroy, again, us. Are those around us. So number one, comply with the Lord's convictions. In other words, allow the Lord to point out sin in your life. Joshua 7, 10 through 11. But the Lord said to Joshua, get up. Why are you lying on your face like this? Israel has sinned and broken my covenant. They have stolen some of the things that I commanded must be set apart for me. And they have not only stolen them, but have lied about it and hidden the things among their own belongings. See, the Lord made Joshua aware of Achan's sin, but trust me, he makes us aware of our sin. Now, some of these things are very plain and we know, but some of them, you may be new to Christianity. You may be tuning in online today. You may be first time here. Maybe you, you, you don't really know much about the Bible and whatnot. So sin is anything, again, contrary to what the Bible says, what God tells us to do or not to. You know, if you remember, the reason God had told Joshua to get up was because Joshua was complaining and actually blaming God, when you look at the context, for their defeat. So it makes me wonder, a lot of people, I say a lot, some people today blame God for the bad things happening in their life, but it's because their own sinful choices. We can't expect to live a lifestyle of willful sin and expect everything to be peaches and cream and then turn around and blame God. If you see it as an exclamation point, God said, get up. Why are you complaining to me? Y'all have sin in the camp, right? So sometimes we gotta, we, we have to look inwardly. We gotta listen for the Lord convicting us. Now back to complying to the Lord's conviction. This next verse I'm about to read is Jesus speaking in reference to the Holy Spirit. Look at John 16 and 18. And when he comes, he, the Holy Spirit, will convict the world of its sin and of God's righteousness and coming judgment. This is one of the Holy Spirit's main job here on the earth. It's to constantly and steadily be with us and convict us of sin. And I'll get about into more of that uh, a, a little bit later on. Now look at 2 Timothy 3.16. All scripture is God-breathed, given by in, in divine inspiration, and is profitable for instruction, for conviction of sin, for correction of error and restoration to obedience, for training in righteousness, learning to live in conformity to God's will, both publicly and privately, behaving honorably and personal integrity and moral courage. Listen, Paul's writing to a young pastor, Timothy. He's talking to the church here, y'all. 
He's saying this is one of the purposes of the word of God is to continue to point out sin in our life. So these two scriptures show us the Lord uses the Holy Spirit and his word to convict us of sin. Y'all still awake this morning? If we listen, church, part of complying with the Lord's conviction, this is what we see with Achan. And this is where I'm going to kind of turn the corner on this point. I implore you. I, I, I Look. When the Lord convicts you of sin, when you read something in the word, when you hear something and you know it's sin, the Holy Spirit's telling you about it. I encourage you. I believe the Lord's merciful. He's gracious. His kindness leads us to repentance. But I want to give you a warning. If we don't respond to and comply with the Lord's conviction, when he points it out privately and personally, it may be exposed publicly. It may be exposed publicly. And that's what happened here with Achan. Look at Numbers 32, 23, just to drive this point home. But if you fail to keep your word, then you will have sinned against the Lord. And you may be sure that your sin will find you out. Right? In other words, your sin will be exposed. And so this was a specific sin, but it goes for all sin. This is exactly what happened with Achan. Achan knew it was wrong. He heard the command from the Lord. And I'm sure that the Lord was dealing with Achan when he stole that stuff. And you got to think, he not only stole it, he had to dig a deep hole and bury it under his tent or in his area. I, I have to believe that the Lord was dealing with him. But he chose not to respond to the Lord's conviction. And then what happened, his sin was exposed to the whole nation of Israel. You know, just a few years ago, I was reminded um, as I was as I was studying, I was looking over some old notes, and I, I preached a different message called no, uh, "No Dark Corners." A few years ago, there was a there was a very popular man of God. He was all over TV. If I said his name, you know who I'm talking about, and you may know who I'm referencing. But you know, it, 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 uh, this website got hacked, and it was a website, grossly and sadly, that encourages people to have affairs, to have adulterous affairs, and some. Some hackers hacked into this website and got all the names and the uh, uh, information of people. And this man of God was on that website. His information was on the website and it shows that he had, and he came out and he confessed. He was a Christian man, pro-family, all this wife, kids, and he confessed that he was addicted to porn and had been unfaithful to his wife. Be sure your sin will find you out. Look, Luke 12, 2 and 3, listen what Jesus says. The time is coming when everything that is covered up will be revealed. And all that is secret will be made known to all. Whatever you have said in the dark will be heard in the light. And what you have whispered behind closed doors will be shouted from the housetops for all to hear. You know, I think it's amazing that the Lord wrote this. Years ago, people said, man, the Bible's old-fashioned, this, that. Think about this was written thousands of years ago. Now, with the Internet, when anything is exposed, it can go around the world in a matter of minutes where everyone can see and hear. Right? The word of God is living and true and actively working today, y'all. Amen? So listen, even though we may not be as popular as some people, our secrets may never hit the internet, if there is hidden sin in our lives, it will eventually be revealed. It's much better to comply with the Lord's conviction with any sin in our life and get clean with him. Amen? So number one, comply with the Lord's conviction. Number two, confess any sin in your life. Joshua 7, 3 through 14 says, get up. Command the people to purify themselves in preparation for tomorrow. For this is what the Lord, the God of Israel, says. Hidden among you, O Israel, are things set apart for the Lord. You will never defeat your enemies until you remove these things from among you. Let me stop right there. That is for somebody in here today or at home. You will never defeat your enemy if you have hidden sin in your life. You can pray, you can fast, you can cry, you can worship, you can twirl, you can tithe 50%. 
If you have hidden sin in your life that you know is willful sin, you will never defeat your enemies. That word is still true today. In the morning, you must present yourselves by tribes, and the Lord will point out the tribe to which the guilty man belongs. Joshua 7, 16 through 21, drop down. Early the next morning, Joshua brought the tribes of Israel before the Lord, and the tribe of Judah was singled out. The, The clans of Judah came forward, and the clan of Zerah was singled out. Then the families of Zerah came forward, and the family of Zimri was singled out. Every member of Zimri's family was brought forward person by person, and Achan was singled out. Then Joshua said to Achan, my son, give glory to the Lord, the God of Israel, by telling the truth. Make your confession and tell me what you have done. Don't hide it from me, Achan. Rep- uh, don't hide it from me. Achan replied, it is true. I have sinned against the Lord, the God of Israel. Among the plunder, I saw beautiful robe from Babylon, 200 silver coins and a bar of gold weighing more than a pound. I wanted them so much that I took them. Listen again. They are hidden in the ground beneath my tent with the silver buried deeper than the rest. Once his sin was exposed, he finally said, okay, man, look, I confess. I confess my sin. See, the phrase give glory to God was actually a, a form of an official oath uh, to, to it, for Israel, as we see in John 9, 23. But how many of you know, see, when, when we confess our sin, it brings God glory. Sometimes we hold on to sin in our lives and things we're doing because we think that, you know what, people are going to be ashamed or, or God will be ashamed to be like, oh man, I can't believe you've been doing that. No, give God glory by confessing your sin. When we confess, it actually gives God glory. You know why? Because confession means that you're coming into agreement of what God says is sin. You're saying, God, you said this was wrong. It is wrong, and I did it. I confess. I come into agreement with you. That does bring God glory. See, Achan not only sinned against his own people, but he grievously sinned against the Lord, so he had to confess to both of them. We see several men in Scripture who made the same confession, some more than once and some without sincerity. We see Balaam, King Saul, King David, Judas, and the prodigal son, just to name a few. When we sin, and we will, the first way we comply with the Lord is to confess our sin. The Lord says, hey, he convicts us, and then the next step is we say, Lord, you're right. I've done this. I'm doing this. I confess to you. See, confession, again, is coming into agreement. See, sin, I'm, I'm, I'm really, I'm trying to help you today, church, amen? I'm trying to help you. Sin, and anybody listening out there, sin will weigh you down, and confession is the first step to lift the burden of sin off you because sin does carry a heavy weight. Sin is burdensome. Listen to the words of King David. He committed adultery with another man's wife. Then he had him killed to cover it up. And look at what, what King David penned in Psalm 32, 3 and 5. When I refused to confess my sin, my body wasted away, and I groaned all day long. Day and night, your hand of discipline was heavy on me. My strength evaporated like water in the summer heat. Finally, I confessed all my sins to you and stopped trying to hide my guilt. I said to myself, I will confess my rebellion to the Lord and you forgave me, and all my guilt is gone. When David tried to hide his sin by even committing an even more horrible sin, it wore him down. He knew that if he confessed his sin to the Lord, the Lord would forgive him and release him, and that's exactly what happened. You remember, this is David who God said was a man after his own heart. So this just reminds me about guarding yourself, and that's a whole other message, because even as born-again believers serving God for Umpteen years, David was a man after God's own heart, and he committed these two horrible sins, adultery and murder. 
But he confessed this sin and he gave it to the Lord and the Lord released him. This is still true today. Look at 1 John 1, 8, 9. If we claim we have no sin, we are only fooling ourselves and not living in the truth. But if we confess our sins to him, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and cleanse us from all wickedness. Amen? From David to John, these again, this is, this is the Apostle John talking to the church here, saying, listen, when you have sin in your life, confess it, and God's faithful to forgive us. What a wonderful promise and a blessing that comes with confession, right, saints? Now, confession is just one part of it. Here's the other part. Number three, after you confess any sin in your life, you must remove all sin from your life. This is repentance. Joshua 7, 22 and 23. So Joshua sent some men to make a search. They ran to the tent and found the stolen goods hidden there, just as Achan had said, with the silver buried beneath the rest. They took the things from the tent and brought it to Joshua and to all the Israelites, and they laid them on the ground in the presence of the Lord. They removed the sin and, and put it where, it's, where it was supposed to be. That, that, was, that was the sin, and they made it right. They removed it. Again, that's a picture of repentance. It's turning away. The word repent actually means to rethink, but it's a, it pictures a turning away from sin and turning to God. And that's what they did in the physical. You know, there's a time to pray, but then there's a time to act as well, right? See, I remember I used to confess my sin every night before I went to bed, before I was saved. I would confess my sin because I knew it enough to know that if I died, I wouldn't go into the right place. But there was no repentance. There was no removal. God, would you forgive me my sins? Thank you. Amen. Knowing I'm going to get up the next morning and do everything all over again. Confession's part of it, but it's followed up by repentance, by removing it, by turning away. We must remove these things from our lives. There may be things you have to physically remove from your life. Again, right after I got saved, the day after I gave my life to Christ, I, gave, I, had, I had drugs in my apartment and I gave it away to people that were living in my apartment. I know it probably wasn't the smartest idea as I look back. I should have flushed them down the toilet. But yeah, hey, I was, I was 24 hours into this thing, okay? I just knew I had to remove it from, from my camp, right? But then as time went on, a couple of weeks or so, I had a bunch of CDs and, and, and actually they were, I think that's that a bunch of cassette tapes even back then, a bunch of CDs. And I ended up throwing them all away. I didn't give those away because I knew, you know what? I, I started getting it, right? This is a bunch of music that's glorifying sin. So I removed it. I, I, I got rid of it. And there were other things in my apartment that I had to get rid of. You know, it may even be people that you have to remove from your life if it's causing you to sin or encouraging you to sin. And I had to do that as well. There were, there were friends that I loved and said, man, I love you, but I can't run with you no more. There was things I had phone calls I had to make and say, you know, th this, this has to stop. Look at Romans 13, 12 and, 13, uh, 12 and 13. The night is almost gone. The day of salvation will soon be here. And this is becoming more and more true every day, saints, right? The day of salvation, the day of the Lord's return is getting even closer. So remove your dark deeds like dirty clothes and put on the shining armor of right living because we belong to the day and we must live decent lives for all to see. So once we confess our sin, the Lord convicts us, we confess it, we have to remove it from our life. We have to turn away, stop doing it. It may be something physically, maybe a relationship, it may be something else. Why? Because remember, even right now, you say, man, Brandon, I'm good, I've been doing this and nothing's happened. Well, maybe not yet. But when you have sin hidden, there's an underlying danger going on. You know, it's great how the Lord does things that, you know, gives you a visual and a lesson. Just last month, uh, we had something going on here, and I had some, uh, they had some cones that were left in the parking lot after something that we, we did. And so I was leaving, and my son was with me, and I said, hey, did y'all, you know, leave these cones out for anything? And he said, no. So I said, hey, look, grab those cones for the church, 
and put him in, the, in my back seat of my truck. Because I have a bed cover on the bed of my truck. So I didn't want to put him in the bed because I knew I would forget about it. So I said, just put him in the back seat in the cab and I'll unload it later. Well, that was a Wednesday afternoon. Well, Saturday morning, I was coming up to the church. That was actually the weekend of the transition. That was July 4th. And when I got in my truck and I was like, oh, I need to drop those cones off. I turned around to look at the cones and this is what I saw. Can you see that? Show the other one might be better. It's a huge spider web, if you can't see it. There's a spider web spun from the back seat of my passenger's truck to underneath where I put it. Can y'all see that? Did everybody see it? So I'm like, oh my goodness. Let me put this in context. I I don't like snakes. I hate spiders. (laughs) Like, let me emphasize, I hate spiders. Okay? So first of all, I freaked out. Then I came around and I was like, man, this is really cool though. Like, look at this web and, and whatnot. And I was like, you know, I took some pictures. And I was like, this is a really cool web. I wanted to show my kids because the next thing I was going to do was remove it from my truck. So as I'm about to remove the spider webs, I thought, okay, where's the spider? <laughs> oh, dear Jesus, please let this spider be. In the cone or under the cones, it's actually two of them. They were stacked up and not somewhere under my seat. So I cleared the webs. I removed the webs. And then I removed the cones from my truck. And I was coming, put them where they go right here underneath the stairwell. And I'm looking for it. I turned it over and it was a black widow. Yeah. Listen, y'all, what's the point? I had imminent danger riding in my truck for three days. Three days I had a black widow spider spinning her web all what she wanted to do and I never knew about it because it was hidden. If that thing would have bit me, I would have been in trouble. Sin's the same way. Eventually sin will bite you and it will cause some destruction. One more note about this story. I got home and my niece was, uh, was staying with us that week, weekend. So I showed my kids and all my niece. And my lovely, one of my, I'm not going to say her name, she'll be here at second service. One of my lovely daughters said, Daddy, you know, what if that black widow laid eggs under your seat? I'm like, girl, you got to be kidding me. She's like, yeah, you ever saw like on Charlotte's web, she laid some eggs and she went off and she died and the baby's hatched. I'm like, I know I probably can't, but I want to spank you right now. You know, I'm like, she knows how much I hate spiders. But then check this out. Also, God will not be mocked. You will reap what you sow. I was taking that same daughter on a date one night, and we're getting in my truck, and she said, oh, daddy, I shouldn't have told you that. Now I'm thinking about those spiders that I told you. I said, "Uh uh-huh, you see, you're reaping that. And she was freaking out about it. Thankfully, I mean, it's been over a month. There ain't no baby spiders hatched anywhere in my, in my truck. And so, uh, but this is a good visual, right, guys, of the dangers of hidden sin. Amen? So the fourth and final thing now, what must we do to, to master sin? Comply with the Lord's conviction. Confess, con- confess any sin. Remove all sin from your life. And number four, surrender to the Spirit of God. Look at Galatians 5, 16 and 17. So I say, let the Holy Spirit guide your lives. Then you won't be doing what the sinful nature craves. The sinful nature wants to do evil, which is just the opposite of what the Spirit wants. And the Spirit gives us desires that are the opposite of what the sinful nature desires. These two forces are constantly fighting each other, so you're not free to carry out your good intention. This passage makes it clear, saints, that if we surrender to the Holy Spirit and let him leave our lives, we can be victorious over sin. Amen? You see that? Because, listen, we will never accomplish this in our own human effort. 
So many things I stopped doing after I got saved that I had tried doing for many years, and I couldn't do it until I got born again, got filled with the Spirit, and surrendered my life to Christ and to the, the Holy Spirit's leading every day. Now, look, the Apostle Paul goes on to list some examples of sin in Galatians 5, 19 through 21. We've been talking about sin this whole time. He lists some examples. What does this sinful nature produce? When you follow the desires of your sinful nature, the results are very clear. Sexual immorality, which, by the way, sexual immorality is any sexual activity, physically, verbally, or visually, outside of the context of marriage between a man and a woman. Amen? Impurity, lustful pleasures, idolatry, sorcery, hostility, quarreling, jealousy, outbursts of anger, selfish ambition, dissension, division, envy, drunkenness, wild parties, and other sins like these. Let me tell you again, as I have before, that anyone living this sort of life will not inherit the kingdom of God. So Paul goes on to say, as we see, not only does can sin destroy your life here, he makes it clear if we're living that kind of lifestyle, not that we might mess up and, and something like this might happen and we repent and confess and turn away, but he makes it clear people that are living this kind of lifestyle will not go to heaven, period. Even if they confess as being a Christian, because again, he's talking to the church. He's saying if people are living this lifestyle on a regular basis, habitually and willfully, these people aren't really saved is what he's saying. These people won't inherit the kingdom of God. So we will all mess up, we'll all fall short. But he's saying, listen, this is just some examples of sin. And as born-again believers, we shouldn't be living this kind of a lifestyle on a regular basis, right? Because this sort of lifestyle is showing we're not surrendered to the Spirit, nor that we have a true relationship with God through Jesus Christ. It also says, again, that, that, uh, uh, that, that we're, we're slaves to sin. We're slaves to our sin nature if this is the lifestyle and the things that are produced in our life all the time. See, once you're born again and you surrender to the Spirit, these things shouldn't be a part of your regular daily life. Look at Galatians 5, 24 and 25 again. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have nailed the passions and desires of their sinful nature to his cross and crucified them there. Since we are living by the Spirit, let us follow the Spirit's leading in every part of our lives. This really goes back to conviction, but just how do you get convicted is by following the Spirit's lead each and every day. I'll go back to my early years as a believer. You know, again, that night, the night I got saved and I went home, there was a certain sin I was partaking in. And I remember thinking in my mind, well, I could probably just, you know, partake in that maybe one more time and just kind of, you know, then I'll be done with it. And, and, and I look back on this years later, that's the first time I heard God speak to me. And he said, if you're going to serve me, you're going to serve me all the way. And in other words, he was telling me, no, you need to be done with that. That was the Holy Spirit. And then, again, I kind of like I talked about my CDs and stuff. I would be in my apartment by myself watching different TV shows that I used to watch, watching different movies that I used to watch. And as I was watching, I started watching, kept watching them for a while. But after a while, I was just like, man, they're making fun of God. Man, they just, they like, they, they, they're just, you know, saying, you know, encouraging sexuality and all these things that just didn't feel right anymore. It's like, man, I can't watch this show anymore. And I would stop watching them. I'd turn them off. 
you know, and another thing specifically, you know, this may seem simple, you know, but I, one of the areas where I, I struggled was I was a pothead for 10 years. And I, even after I got saved and surrendered, I still stumbled a couple times in that area. And I remember I kept praying, Lord, take this desire from me, take the desire. And I never forget one day I was kind of working out in my apartment. I was doing some push-ups and I was listening to a song. I had like a TV on some music videos and it was a song talking about getting high. Now this, I know this seems like, you know, it's very simple, but the Lord spoke to me. It was like, you're praying for me to take this from you and you're listening to music that's encouraging it. I always have this visual like the Lord popping me behind my head, you know, <laughs> kind of like, and you know, again, that might seem simple, but for me, what was happening in those three things? The Lord was dealing with me. The Holy Spirit was, I was really surrendered. So every time he revealed something to me, I'm like, okay, listen, y'all. Yes, I heard messages like this from this very pulpit and other places. But what I'm telling you is that every one of those things I got convicted on, I was by myself and the Lord spoke to me. Because I was surrendered. And now listen, I haven't arrived, y'all. I'm still got to surrender every single day, right? But if you surrender to the Spirit of God, he will help you. He will show you. He will free you from the grip of sin, like he says, from it overpowering you. So in closing, I'm not going to read it, but if you go forth, if you see the, how the end of this chapter, uh, how this chapter ends, in Joshua 7.25, we see that Achan and his whole family died as a consequence of this sin, even after he confessed it. You know, I say it almost every week. You know that the consequences of sin is still death? Romans 6, 23 says that. The wages of sin is death. This is, again, it's not only physical death, which it absolutely can cause. But this, if you read right after, but the, the, the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus. This is talking about an eternal death. Eternity separated from God. But Jesus died in our place. We sinned and he bore the consequence for us. Look at 1 Corinthians 15, 3. I pass on to you what was the most important. Listen, when he says this is most important, we need to perk up, right? And what has been passed on to me? Christ died for our sins, as the scripture said. Romans 3, 24. He did this through Christ Jesus when he freed us from the penalty of our sins. Come on, this is the good news now, y'all. Jesus did his part, and now we have to do ours. Acts 20, 21, I have one, I've had one message for Jews and Greeks alike, the necessity of repenting from sin and turning to God and having faith in our Lord Jesus. Remember, repent means to turn away. Confession is only a part of it, but we have to repent. But once we do that, confession is a part to actually start your relationship with the Lord, to start. Maybe you've never confessed sin before. Maybe you're here today or you're watching this morning and you, you've never had this, this, this born-again experience, the Bible calls, where your life was radically changed and you went from someone like me, like a drug addict and, 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 and selling drugs and doing all this immoral stuff to radically uh, having a life change. I would have never thought I'd be on this platform today if it wasn't for Jesus. He's offering the same thing to you. I was so bound up in my sin like Paul says, I was the chief sinner amongst people, but he's so good. And I walked down this aisle one night and walked right here and did what Romans tells us to do. And I'm encouraging you to do today. If you've never done this, if you confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. One believes in his heart resulting in righteousness and one confesses with his mouth resulting in salvation. Do me a favor, bow your head and close your eyes with me. Even if you're at home, You know, for the most of this, this is for all of us, even the church. But I, I want to talk to those of you that you've never confessed your sin. You know you, you've been living a lifestyle. I, I listed some of it. Maybe some of those things that really Paul listed, 
That's a part of your regular lifestyle. You do things like that, maybe some or all of them or one of them on a regular basis and, and you haven't even tried to change. If that's you, you probably need to be born again. You need to be saved as we just read. If you're not right with God, listen, like he said, you will not inherit the kingdom of God. The wages of sin is death. That's eternal death. Those two scriptures. You won't inherit eternal life. You'll spend eternity separated from God. If you say, Brandon, I'm not sure where I'm going to spend eternity, but I want to know. I want to confess my sin and make him my Lord and Savior today. If that's you, I want you to just slip up your hand and I want to pray with you. I see your hands, sir, over here. Hands going up over here to my left. Thank you. Anybody else? At home even, raise your hand. It's just a sign of surrender to the Lord. All right, we have a few hands of going up. Anybody else before we pray? Right here, ma'am, I see your hand in the back over here. Thank you, sir. Anybody else? Come on, let's just do what the Bible just told us to do. When, as a church, we're all going to pray this together. Just say, Lord Jesus, I confess my sin to you. I repent of it. And I turn to you. I make you my Lord and Savior. Now give me the grace and give me the strength to live for you all the days of my life. Give me victory, Lord, over sin and all of the strongholds in my life. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen and amen. Why don't we celebrate with these this morning? Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Praise God. For all of you that just made that decision, whether you be at home, there's a link that says connect card. You can fill out that card. If you raised your hand for the first time or maybe the first time in a long time, it's a card that said, I made a decision. Fill out that card. Bring it to the info center. For the rest of us, why don't we stand up? And why don't we pray through these before we leave, church? Come on, why don't you just close your eyes one more time? Not, that, that's the rest of us and all of us, even at home. Don't, don't turn off the service yet. Now, now, let's put this into action. I always play that, pray that we would apply the word that we hear. Close your eyes with me. Now, first, the first thing I said is you must con comply with the Lord's conviction. Some of you in here and someone at home, I believe the Lord's been convicting you of some sin in your life. And you need to comply. You need to listen to the Lord's prompting, whether it be from your, the Bible, just that, that, that feeling inside. I knew those movies, the, the music, the things I was doing. I knew inside by myself in my apartment that these things was wrong and I needed to stop. It was conviction. If you're being conviction, convicting, come on, you need to confess your sin to the Lord. Even right now, not out loud, just, just between you and the Lord. Confess your sin and say, Lord, I know this is sin. I know this is wrong. And I continue to do this. I continue to go back to this. Would you please forgive me? And he says he's faithful and just to forgive you and to cleanse you. Now, this may be for tomorrow or today in the days ahead. You must remove any sin in your life. It could be something physical. It could be something you're watching, you're doing, you're looking at, a relationship. The list goes on and on. You know what it is. You know how you need to remove it from your life. Lord, I pray for grace for those that, that, that know there's things in their life that's causing sin or that is sin that they need to remove. Lord, would you give them the grace as you convict them, as they confess, to repent and to remove these things from their lives. And then I just encourage you to surrender to the Spirit of God. Why don't we do that one more time before we leave? Why don't you just lift your hand and say, Holy Spirit, I surrender to you. Just tell them, I surrender to you. I'm open to your conviction. Well, we don't want to have sin in the camp. We want to be victorious. We want to defeat our enemies. We want all the inheritance of the promised land that you have for us, Lord. We repent. We confess all of our sin before you. And Lord God, help us to remove it, to repent, 
and to move forward. Lord, we surrender, Holy Spirit. Have your way. I pray your grace, blessing, peace, and power to be poured out upon these today as they go, Lord. And those that are at home, in Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Well, we love you guys. Good to be with you. If you need prayer for anything, you may want to talk through some of this with somebody. We'll be up here. If not, God bless you. Hey, prayer and fasting starting tomorrow morning. Join us uh, every night at 630. We love you guys. Have a great day.